4: On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors wax the Miami Heat after an emotional day in which they traded away a franchise icon and their best offensive player. We'll dig into how Scotty Barnes, Emmanuel Quickly, and R.J. Barrett powered the Raptors to their victory. All that coming up on today's show. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. So.
3: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
4: going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, January the 18th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work. Over on the website that's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, which was the place to be yesterday. Not only during the news that Pascal Siakam had been traded to the Pacers for a poo-poo platter of picks and players, but also during that really, really uproarious fun win over the Miami Heat. We'd love to see you there. It's free to join. Link in the description as always. uh, Reminder, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts. On the audio side of things, follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated. And you can find us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little notification bell and you will never miss an episode because you will get a notification that says, Hey, Sean is talking now. Go and tune into the show. And you can do that for the low, low price of on the house thanks in advance for doing that today's show is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get your get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get 20 bucks off your order that's j-a-s-e medical.com all right Let's dive into it. The Toronto Raptors take down the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, with Tyler Hero, with Bam Adebayo, uh, without Pascal Siakam, of course, no Bruce Brown, no Jordan Wara, and uh, no Kira Lewis Jr. Just yet either shorthanded the Raptors handle their business at home against the Heat 12197. Uh, We will get into the rotational oddities and arrivals of new players in the mix. Grady Dick getting some action and looking pretty good. That's pretty fun. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the Pascal Siakam trade entirely in the final segment with a Siakam uh, dedicated good, bad, and hmm, and uh, all that good stuff. But let's just start with the place you got to start after the trade that totally ushers in a new era, Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett. Emmanuel Quickly, the three dudes around which this thing is going to be built going forward. It's been declared, uh, all of whom had their hands in this win last night. We'll get into Barrett. We'll get into Quickly. We'll get into Barnes off the top here. But first, we got to welcome in our guest is Jamar Hines, the god of the game recap over there at Raptors Republic. Jamar, how are you, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I don't think anybody expected what... Happened yesterday considering the last time the Raptors made a big trade with the OGN and an OB trade. They lost to Detroit and <laughs> snapped the 28 game losing streak, which would have been an NBA record if they lost one more game. So this was the complete opposite of that where they
4: never trailed. Yes, yeah. yeah, pretty fun stuff. Um, You know, got a little hairy in the second half as you know, things are going to get hairy when you have a very young team that is without its uh, previously understood best offensive player. But there's a lot of nice stuff to pull from this game to get excited about regarding what comes ahead for your Toronto Raptors. And let's begin where I think it's just it makes the most sense to begin Scotty Barnes. This is his team now. It's go time for Scotty Barnes, and he had a pretty decent effort in his first game as the clear and defined dude on this team. 34 minutes, 20 points, 5 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals and a block, 9 of 16 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. Been a little cold from downtown of late, um, but still holding up 37% on the season impressions of scotty Barnes' game here I, I think you know you saw the typical fourth quarter surge that he's going to bring about glad to see that's still a thing maybe you wanted a little bit more from the first three quarters but what were your overall impressions of scotty barnes so far or so what were your impressions in the first game of him being the the dude on this team
0: yeah you would want to see scotty do more in the first three quarters and uh that will probably be more of a point of emphasis now that he's the clear-cut guy but he really took over down the stretch when the raptors needed somebody to take over uh, miami had cut the lead till as little as 13 and there is quite a few possessions down the stretch where he just went at bam out of bio who is a all-world defender uh it's a, I don't think that was entirely the plan because some of these possessions were just complete bailouts where he made some (laughs) tough turnaround shot at the end of the shot clock. He drew an in one there as well. So, you know, really impressive shot making from scotty there and then what really blew the game back open was his driving kick game he did it about hmm. four different times where normally the recipient was gary trent jr who had a season high eight threes you know whatever spot of the port what would be whatever spot of the court would it be the corner would it be the wing scotty just did a great job job driving and just just finding gary who was you know the hottest he's been all season so you know, Between that, he had five of his eight assists in the final quarter alone, so he had nine points, five assists. He probably he counted for well over 20 points in the final quarter by himself, so that's what really uh, put Miami away for good. And Miami was playing pretty well coming into this game. They had won three in a row, the Raptors had lost four in a row, so yeah, again, a lot of this game was a big surprise after the trade
4: yeah uh you know again just uh, did not expect such a forceful effort i did not expect him to hit 14 threes in the first half either that was pretty wild and i think you know that might be a bit to explain you know the sort of quieter start to this game for scotty barnes i suppose like they didn't exactly need him to go sicko mode in the first half as they were completely running the heat off the floor um but yeah the fact that he could kind of tap into the well and go and finish the way he did, kind of walk into his numbers as he typically seems to do, that was a a really encouraging sign as Scotty Barnes. like It's it's his mantle now, man. He's got to sort of take the reins, and everything is kind of, every move, moving OG, moving Pascal, all of it is in some way a bet that Scotty Barnes is the dude, and uh, pretty encouraging stuff in that fourth quarter last night. You know, you'd like to see easier possessions than scoring rainbows over Bam Adebayo, but Bam Adebayo doesn't really give you easy possessions either. So a little mm-hmm. give and take there. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, let's talk about him. Near triple-double in this one, 17-8-9, and 6-16 six of 16 from the field. Still trouble. a little bit of trouble finishing inside two-point range for him of late. Uh, hasn't quite figured out the, you know, going through contact and whatnot, um, but still 3-6 of six from downtown. The three-point gravity is very much there. And I think maybe the more impressive thing than just the shooting and scoring is this dude seems extremely ready and already sort of accustomed to the lead guard duties, right? Like he just feels like he's got a finger on the pulse of the game. What were your impressions of quickly in this one? I thought his playmaking was pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, from a floor game perspective, I think this was Quickly's most impressive game. He had seven mm-hmm. assists in the first half alone, and I thought he did a really good job with the pace, knowing when to push, knowing when to slow it down. Um obviously, he's one of the quicker guards in the league, up not to his name. So <laughs> he can easily do that, but there was a couple of possessions where, you know, even I remember one possession where RJ wanted the ball early in the possession, Quickly kind of waved him off noticed a mismatch with Scotty. He noticed that a couple of times when Scotty had a mismatch and it would get him the ball instead. So I just thought that he had a great feel for who to give the ball to, who to distribute, how to um facilitate and you Know nine of he had nine assists. I want to, say, yeah, he had nine assists, seven in the first half. So I thought he did a really good job of that. Uh, he was flirting with that triple double. I don't know if he's ever had a triple double. I want to say, ha- say, I want to say, I'm gonna
4: reckon it. he has not. Yeah, yeah, I don't think
0: so. Um, he, he only played two minutes in the fourth, so if he had a little bit more minutes, maybe he could have gone for that there uh shooter i believe played over six minutes in the fourth so uh i'm sure there'll be a time when quickly does get that triple double but yeah he also did a good job of like the loose ball type of rebounds where he would kind of like chase it down and beat someone to the ball so yeah i was really impressed with his floor game when it comes to his finishing if it's not his floater this is even going back to new york if it's not his floater uh, he does have trouble finishing at the rim. So that's something that, you know, off season probably you want to see him improve at, especially now being a lead guard. Finishing is going to be a, a, a key aspect of um, being the lead point guard. So you want to see an improvement in that. But yeah, going back to the playmaking, I think this game I was more impressed than any other game so far with the Raptors.
4: Yeah. And he's had some good ones, right? Like he's had some pretty big assist totals already, but this one just felt like, he, you know, he was to me, the biggest orchestrator of that incredible first half. They had, you know, the, the drive and kick the, you know, his own three point gravity and the pull-ups and everything just, man, he's a fun guy. And look, as someone who is still a little rattled from the loss of Pascal Siakam, my previous favorite Toronto Raptor, uh quickly is going a long way towards soothing that a little bit and uh, i think he's very much taking up that mantle for me as my capital d dude on this team uh let's go to rj barrett quickly nine of 14 in this game continues to hit all of the shots 26 points seven of 13 at the line didn't have a great night finishing at the line but got there a ton uh eight boards three assists and my concern after the trade yesterday just kind of thinking about the downstream effects of the move was is this going to thrust Barrett back into maybe an overextended role like he was in in New York obviously the system is very different and the system is more conducive to his strengths but you know Pascal Siakam was a bailout guy for this team right there would be stretches where you know and they had these lulls last night in the third quarter in particular where the offense kind of dries up and Siakam would go be the buckets man and you know Barrett in theory is sort of the next guy in line to fill in that vacuum. So I was concerned we might see a little bit more of a sort of move to on ball dependence from RJ Barrett. Didn't seem like the case though, last night really continuing just to kind of be a monster off of cuts Moving himself to the rim, quick drives, uh, you know, off of quick decision making against tilted defenses. No sort of commandeering of the offense or over dribbling or anything like that. Uh, pretty encouraging if you were at all worried about what the loss of Siaka might mean for an elevated role for RJ Barrett. No.
0: Yeah, you're right about that because um, even I don't even think there was one possession where the typical bad RJ thing to do would be to just drive into three guys and, you know, Mm -hmm. have some sort of turnover or offensive foul or bad shot. I didn't see any of that. Um, He went to the line 13 times. He only shot seven for 13 from the line, but the fact that he got there 13 times was huge, especially in the third quarter when the Raptors were really struggling to score. I think uh, at one point in the third quarter, they only had four points in the first six minutes. And then RJ just getting to the line kind of, you know, settled things down, kind of got things a little bit back in place um he continues to be a great finisher at the rim um i'm just it's it's still kind of new to me because i'm not used to someone on the raptors that can get to the rim at regularity and and (laughs) score that efficiently like he's been over 70 percent at the rim so Mm. i'm still it's still kind of new to me and with the ball movement that the raptors are preaching it, it was on full display yesterday uh i don't think that is going to be too much of a worry where he's just holding the ball and you know trying to just do it all on his own i mean you still got other guys that can score obviously obviously with Scotty and quickly and you know if if gary's anything like he was shooting yesterday so there's still other guys that you can kind of lean on from time to time which you know and and preach the ball movement if if This is kind of the role that RJ is going to play. And obviously, you know, with Pascal being gone, his usage will go up quite a little bit. But if he can manage that and still be efficient and the ball movement is still a point of emphasis, I don't really see a problem yet, but we need more games to figure that one out.
4: Yeah, this was a bizarro game top to bottom. I don't think it's indicative of what this team is going to be necessarily from now to the end of the season. Uh, You know, if they want to hit 14 threes and a half every night, Great, I'm down, but that seems a little far-fetched. Either way, encouraging signs from the BBQ trio, who uh, this whole thing is kind of built around now. We'll see as they progress forward. We're going to come back on the other side, get into some rotational stuff. Gary Trent Jr. starting. Grady Dick playing minutes. And, uh, you know, where does everybody slot in? Of course, uh, Christian Coloco waved as well. We'll examine that. Bruce Brown's fit, et cetera, et cetera, all coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the single best place to go and play daily fantasy sports on the internet. And it's great; it's the way it should be. It's not you against some expert in a basement with a lineup you have; you have no chance of beating. No, it's just you against the Prize Picks projections. All you got to do is pick more or less on specific stats projections for two to six players on a given entry. If you get all six players right. On an entry, you're going to win up to 25 times your money. That is pretty sweet. And with basketball season here, football playoffs rolling on as well, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. All for you, multi sportos out there. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that if you have a player who gets hurt in the first half of a game in football or basketball, they are rebooted, which means that's the only. Daily fantasy sports platform that's offering you an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked an NBA. Use the code locked an NBA for first deposit matchup to a hundred bucks. It's prizepicks.com slash locked an NBA for in uh, the code locked in NBA for a first deposit matchup to one hundred dollars. Today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? If you're the Indiana Pacers, that move is trading for Pascal Siakam in exchange for a, a really, really incredible package. If you're the Indiana Pacers, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's a B in front of that, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, might have time, not might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedinmba.com. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We roll on here with Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic breaking down the Toronto Raptors' uh, new era, the beginning of the new era against the Miami Heat last night. Some rotational stuff to get into here. Gary Trent Jr., let's start here. Well, we'll get into Grady Dick, uh, Christian Coloco, where Bruce Brown and Jordan Ward are going to fit coming up in just a sec here. But uh, Gary Trent Jr. starts last night. Has his best game of the season, 28 points, a classic two-rebound, zero-assist line, a pure Gary Trent gunner night. We love to see it. Uh, 10 of 13 from the field and 8 of 9 from downtown for Gary Trent Jr., the beneficiary of a lot of really beautiful possessions, of ball movement that ended up in his hands. He's the trigger man, and he did so extremely well last night. Bruce Brown obviously plays about the same position. Of course, Bruce Brown can kind of play anywhere. He's a bit of a Swiss Army Knife player. Um, But my question to you, Jamar, is Gary Trent Jr. or Bruce Brown starting in that two spot? Do you think Gary Trent Jr. just runs with this job now? Obviously, the defense will be hurt by his appearance in that lineup, I, I would think, considering what Bruce Brown can do on that end of the floor. Um, But the shooting, obviously a huge boon to the offensive, uh, just like upside of that group where you at with Gary Trent Jr. And uh, you know where he fits into the starting lineup now and Hey, maybe even beyond this season.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that last part you brought up because with him being only 24 years old and we talk timeline all the time, 25 today, I should say it's his birthday. Oh, he turns 25 today. I Did so, not know yeah. that. Oh, so anyway, with him fitting timeline-wise, maybe they actually keep him around. Um, I was thinking maybe not, but it might make sense to just keep him as a you know you know being a shooter, and you saw what he can do at times yesterday. It's having a little bit of a down season. His roles changed a bunch, but. It wouldn't shock me to see of the three guys that the Raptors had, you know, contracts running out. He's the one that ends up staying. And in terms of Bruce Brown, I kind of wonder where his head is at. Yeah. Free agency picks Indiana after winning a championship with Denver. Only plays three months. From did
4: he season. pick Indiana, or did uh, Indiana's giant checkbook pick him? Uh- <laughs> I mean, okay, you know, hand in, hand in hand, hand in hand. I mean, he could, he could have. Um, he
0: could have taken less to state with Denver if he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, Michael Malone's uh, parade where Brucey e. B ain't going nowhere type of thing still kind of cracks me up. <laughs> but, you know. We all it, if it, it,
4: when we're hammered, Jamar, it's fine. Yeah,
0: you know, It was hilarious. And Malone was probably the most hammered coach I've ever seen at a parade. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just kind of wonder what the Raptors' plans for him is. He does have a team option for next season it was a 2 year 45 million dollar contract and i probably would see gary starting at least to begin with and i also don't know if brown would be okay with that to be coming off the bench um it's one thing to be coming off the bench for a championship team it's another thing to be coming off the bench for a rebuilding team mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's going to be really interesting he could play the 2 he could play the 3 he's even played some point uh, but he won't really play the five be- on Kevin Durant teams before. It's crazy. This is true. Yeah. Like you said, Swiss army knife. So I just feel he's just going to be a wing on this team. Maybe like slotted between the two, three and the four. I mean, you, have, you already have shooters, your backup point, And mm-hmm. I don't want to see Bruce Brown playing the five. <laughs> to be honest. So I'd have um, to, with the
4: right, they're going with their center position.
0: <laughs> right. So it, it, at first I see bench I mean, like I could be wrong, but it's, he, he could do a variety of things. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what role Darko has in mind for Bruce Brown and the Raptors plan in general, if they even plan on keeping him, who knows they might flip him at the, like close to the deadline. He may even yeah. only be here for a cup of tea. Maybe, maybe uh, a guy like Jordan world is going to be here longer. You, you never know. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I don't even know if I can get into like full role yet because I don't know how long Bruce Brown is going to be here. If he's flipped yeah. in like the next week or two, it wouldn't surprise me.
4: Yeah, for sure. There's already reports uh, from Ian Begley today that if the Raptors were to make Bruce Brown available, that uh, they'd be very, very interested in procuring his services. And that's coupled with some stuff from Stefan Bondi out in new york about quentin grimes maybe being on the outs there maybe there's something there maybe you just assemble the knicks bench on the toronto raptors and uh you're fine with that i don't know i mean i i love those knicks teams and i love grimes quickly and barrett so you know i'd be fine with it personally um but yeah you know bruce brown interesting guy i think you know i know the urge is well trade him he's trade ballast do you go get stuff for him and yeah maybe they do that that's probably where this ends up going but like Teams need good role, guys. He's only 27. He's on a balloon payment right now. Yeah, but, like, the team can afford it for the next couple seasons on account of they don't have any big money on the books now. They'll have quickly this summer, and then Barnes obviously gets expensive in 18 months or so. But with Brown, I mean, like, there's got to be some tangible value, like, developmentally to having a glue guy like that, who, again, is pretty young, who in theory, like, 18 months from now, if he did expire, maybe you keep him, you have his bird rights, you keep him around on like a more team-friendly deal. I even think Bruce Brown knows he's not a $22 million a year player. He got that crazy balloon payment and took it as he should have from the Pacers, but I can't imagine he's looking at four years 80 on his next contract or anything like that. So maybe there's a way to keep him around and have him be a sort of, you know, a a glue guy on a Scotty Barnes team. I just I wish they would let it breathe a little bit. And the nice thing with Bruce Brown is they don't have to trade him at this deadline, right? Like he's on right. the team for next year. It's a team option. You would assume they'd keep him around and not just let him walk after trading for him um, with him being kind of the only tangible real basketball player that you can count on being decent coming back in this trade. And so I- I'm fine if they let it breathe a little bit. I also do think Gary Trent Jr. should start, though, and I think you should give yeah. him some run here and see, is it worth investing in him long term? You're going to have his bird rights presumably going into the summer. I don't see necessarily a need to trade Gary Trent Jr. right now. You're probably getting like a second round pick form anyway, and I'd rather just see him play this thing out and see if you can build something with a guy in Scotty Barnes who historically he's performed very well with. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, You know, Bruce Brown, though, featuring into some lineups, closing games at times. Give me a quickly Barrett, Trent, Brown, Barnes, super duper small look. That's a okay with me. Get weird here. This is like the priority for the rest of the season is get weird. Um, And also play young guys. Grady Dick, last night, plays in this game. Six points, four assists, a couple steals, two of two from three wonderful to see after the year that it has been for Grady Dick at every level of basketball he's played at for the Toronto Raptors summer league G League NBA um really good to see him get into the mix last night thoughts on Grady Dick his performance and where he might fit into the plans here as the season goes uh, along down this down the second half here. like do you think just giving Grady Dick regular rotation minutes is wise right now for the Raptors
0: yeah just just play him you know yeah. I, I think you know, you let them get experience on the fly. There'll be some highs, there'll be some lows, but, you know, 13th overall pick, you've moved some guys that would have played positions that they they kind of are kind of in the way position wise. Um, There isn't that winning expectation to make a play in or playoffs or anything like that. I would just play them and and see how it goes.
4: Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, you know, the G league team is in a state of disrepair. I don't know if it's the best developmental environment anyway, right now. And, uh, having him just play at the NBA level, take his lumps. You know, I think that's probably the best course of action. Now he's gotten that run of the G league. He brings an element to this team that they need. Let's just see if he can run with it. And Hey, if he has a bad first stint, don't put him in, in the second. If he has a good first stint, put him in in the second and see what he can do. Um, The other quick thing, Christian Coloco waived to make the trade legal roster size wise Uh, per Blake Murphy. um, You know, this seems as though it might end up with Coloco returning to Toronto via the 905 at some point this summer. Obviously been out since the summer with the respiratory thing. I don't know if there's much of a take on this. Frankly, it's just it's a bummer that it happened. And the way it's gone for Coloco is just a real, real upsetting thing. Considering the promise he showed specifically as a defensive anchor type last year where he walked on the floor and the team was incredible like a like a sub 100 defensive rating just simply by having him out there um you know it's a it's a tough blow it's bad luck there's nothing to really say about it other than hope all was well with christian coloco and hopefully they can find a way to work him back into the plans here going into next season be the 905 or whatever it might be um but yeah that's uh the last bit of housekeeping on the rotations and whatnot we'll figure in where jordan Dewara figures sometime down the line i'm sure we might see it tonight if they're with the team for the game against the bulls uh we'll come back to this side get into the good the bad and the hmm pascal siakam trade edition to round out the show we'll do that in just one sec But first, today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. And it's always a good thing to be prepared. Again, I've said this before, but Scar in the Lion King said it best be prepared. And Jace Medical allows you to do that. With the Jace case, it's specifically valuable if you're a traveler. If you're going to jet setting about, maybe you're getting away from the winter cold to go and find a warm, sunny locale. You can always fall sick when that happens. And it's a very, very bad experience to be sick while you're traveling without access to any sort of proper medical care or attention. And Jace case, that is the the solve for this. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and more. This stuff can happen to anybody while you're on the road. All you got to do is get the Jace case. It's like this big, it's very small. It goes into your luggage. You probably never have to use it, but if you do fall ill, you have it there for you. And you also have access to the licensed physicians at Jace Medical for proper. Instruction on how to use these medications safely. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your phys- physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular costs. Never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use the offer code LOCKEDON to get 20 bucks off your order.
3: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
3: Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
4: Okay, rounding out the show here with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. And, uh... Pascal Siakam trade. It was a big emotional day yesterday, man. It was, uh, there was a lot going on, and we're still kind of dissecting and working through our feelings. And so the good, the bad, and the hmm today, usually a thing reserved for little observations from a game, it's all going to be devoted to the Pascal Siakam trade, a thing we liked about the trade or Pascal Siakam's time in Toronto in general, a thing we didn't like, a thing that's a hmm, uh, it's a little intriguing, you know. Lots of different directions to go here. It's kind of a broad, open canvas. I will start. My good, Jamar, is that we finally got some clarity. You know, the the return for Bruce Brown of Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, Kiri Lewis Jr., and three first round picks that are all going to be in the twenties, most likely. Not exactly inspiring. I don't like the way it was handled. I think the front office really, really bungled this, as I'll get to in my bad. But the good here is we know what this team is about now. We know this is Scotty Barnes, Emmanuel Quickly, and RJ Barrett and everything else around it. And there is like some calming effect to that. And it's not like, you know, they win the game last night, and I'm sure the, the ghouls out there will be like, addition by subtraction, Ewing theory, Pascal Siakam was the problem. No, I think the bigger problem here was that this team spent the last two years under a cloud of unbelievable uncertainty that just soured the vibes, made everything just uncomfortable and strange and uncertain and unclear and murky, and that's gone now. And I think we saw a team play with a little bit of freedom of all of that stuff last night, and I think that is my good. What is your good, Jamar?
0: My good, just going over Pascal's entire career, I think he's the Raptors' biggest success story developmentally. Obviously coming in as the 27th overall pick, a rather unknown Goes to the G League, wins uh, a title there. Um, MVP. You know, he started quite a bit as his rookie out of necessity because of the fact that the Raptors. That was during a time when they had no power forwards whatsoever. That was the same year they were hoping that Jared Sullinger would come back and be somebody. (laughs) Uh, They had went through Lewis Scola the, uh, the the year before, and it was just like a rotating after Amir Johnson, just a rotating of power forwards, but they they basically didn't have one. He Mm -hmm. comes in, bench mob, plays a little bit there, solidifies his spot in 2019, most improved player, becomes the number one option a couple years later, all from a 27th overall pick that, you know, a lot of people didn't know much about coming into the league. Uh, He was just supposed to be an energy guy that runs up the floor, maybe get a couple baskets here and there and defend, not become a consistent 20 point per game score a facilitator an all-nba player an all-star nothing like that so mm-hmm. just from the development perspective i think he's the raptors greatest uh success story
4: regarding that really really good good uh my bad just how unceremonious the end was and just how toxic this whole season felt around pascal and you know sort of connected to that i i think Because he had been in the trade rumor mill for so long. And because the market was so depressed for him. I do think, in general, Pascal Siakam will go down as one of the more underappreciated great Toronto Raptors of all time. And frankly, one of the more underappreciated great players of his generation in the NBA. This dude's a two-time All-NBA player. He is really bloody good, and I think because people fixated on the bubble, I think because the constant swirling trade rumors, I think because Scotty Barnes became this shiny new sexy thing, I think Pascal is going to really go down as a guy who just was not appreciated in his time as a multifaceted, multi-talented playmaking forward with a skill set at his size that very few dudes possess, and my hope is that That appreciation comes around playing with Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. Uh, That's going to be such an awesome environment for him. Uh, Jamar, what was your bad?
0: Yeah, my bad is about the same. You're right in terms of just being one of the more unappreciated Raptors. It's, it's, It's weird. And there were so many signs this season of him just being kind of phased out whether it be offensively where he was just on the wing to begin the season and he was taking like eight shots in a game. That kind of uh, sorted itself out as the season went along and he actually played pretty decent offensively. Uh, uh, yeah, offensively, defensively kind of took a hit kind of like in the in the OG sense where, you know, basically the writing was on the wall, so the defensive effort kind of fell off. And when you talk about, um, you know, playing now in the States, I do feel playing on an Indiana team and normally a Midwestern team is, I mean, yeah, it's not going to get that many eyes on them, but the way Halliburton has been so electric this year, I feel Mm -hmm. more people are paying attention to the Pacers than, you know, a a typical season and just that type of fit. And I feel like even with Ananobi, it was funny. I was looking at um, defensive player of the year odds and Mm -hmm. Ananobi was like third or fourth. Yeah, and which is <laughs> which is which is amazing considering the type of defense he was playing with the Raptors before the trade, which were we were even on a a pod I was on a couple of times ago where we we're like, yeah, he hasn't been that great defensively this season.
4: <laughs> but if no, you quiet quit on defense for a month and a half in the season, I don't think you should win Defensive Player of the Year. But that's just me. Like, that's but just, he's up there. But he's yeah, up I there. Know. So, I know. Yeah,
0: I I think that that I mean, and obviously New York is a. In New York, Indiana were like way different in terms of coverage and everything like that. But I just feel like, you know, Indiana has a chance to, you know, actually do some damage in the playoffs if him and Halliburton can gel pretty quickly. They, can, they could easily be in the second round or something like that. And I feel like you know, him being noticed there more. I, it's going to be frustrating for Raptors fans where someone's going to be like, hey, yeah, this Pascal Siakam guy, he's actually pretty good. So, <laughs> well, yeah, he made two All-NBA teams, you think? Vince yeah. Captain, obvious. That is definitely going to happen because it happened with OG's first game in New York, where it's like, yeah, actually, this guy's actually a pretty good defender. And it's just like, oh my goodness, man, do you guys even watch this team? Well, the-
4: no, they don't. No, what? no, no. <laughs> Nobody watches so, nearly as much basketball as they proclaim to watch. I think this is the clear thing that we learn uh, when these things happen. Uh, yeah. Obviously. So the very few. Was- Zach Lowe's watching. I'm not sure about how many other people are watching. Nikayus Duncan's watching, but. <laughs> Bums me out that he gets to play with Miles Turner now when the, the him and Miles Turner was my dream Toronto Raptors front court for a very, very long time. Um, and apparently it was Pascal Siakam's dream front court as well, per the reporting from Sam Amick today on the trade. So, you know, good stuff. My, um, you know, we'll get into sort of the on court stuff, the ramifications, I suppose, of not having Pascal as we go forward here. But I, I'm just, it's a bit of an interesting hypothetical not even a hypothetical just sort of uh you know the the fork in the road type thing the raptors get scotty barnes in the draft in 2021 and he's awesome right away and i just wonder did that kind of break the front office's brain a little bit did it sort of totally throw a wrench into what their post title plans were going to be. I don't really know what their post title plans were other than just kind of ride it out with Fred and Pascal and OG and see if you can kind of be a pretty fun team. And then eventually parlay that into another win. Now trade for a star at some point that seemed like their intention. And they draft Scotty Barnes, which by the way, like I'm really excited for what comes next. I'm very eager to watch the Scotty Barnes era. I think he's awesome. And I I think he's got a chance to be really, really excellent, but I do wonder just like drafting Scotty Barnes, did that totally warp their brains as to how to do this thing, how to build this thing? And you know, again, I we can't know the answers really of what would have happened had they drafted somebody else or a player at a different position who complimented Pascal a little more, like they draft maybe they draft Shangoon or something like that. They don't move up in the draft lottery, they get Shangoon at seven or something like that. How does that change the course of Raptors history? Just an interesting hmm. I you know there's probably a timeline here where the Raptors do make a more concerted effort to build a normal team around Pascal Siakam. But I think drafting Scotty Barnes probably rightfully instantly changed their priorities. And, you know, we'll, we'll, never know the alternate pathways here, but that's just something I've been thinking about the last little while. What is your hmm regarding Pascal Siakam one way or another?
0: Um, My hmm is Valentine's Day. <laughs> the Pacers are, I believe they're in Toronto on yeah. the 14th. So uh-huh. yeah, it's a pretty quick turnaround in terms of him coming back to Toronto. Um the reception should still be pretty damn good. I mean like this is a Oh, at, if it's very, not yeah. people's brains are lost. Yeah. Like of course worst, it's got to be a happy at the, at the very worst at the very worst it's the top 5 Raptor of all time greatest power forward of uh, all time with the Raptors. Who so, wanted
4: to be here? Which star exactly. players never have wanted in the history of the franchise? Like Yeah. It's yeah. basically him
0: and DeMar, and, and Kyle a couple times begrudgingly came back when he had his eyes looking at San Antonio or something like that. But, yeah, the reception should be great. Um, obviously, uh, the, 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 I'm excited to see the fit with him in Indiana. And, yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for that game. It's kind of like Raptors reunion month. We just played Kyle yesterday, playing DeMar today. You know, P- P- Pascal's around the corner. Um, I, I believe OG has a return to Toronto at some point this season because the Knicks only came here once. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. It's, yeah, it's Raptors return, Raptors alumni type of month.
4: It's Very emotional week and month, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, lots of r- r- roller coaster feelings for sure uh we've gone far too long we're gonna wrap it up there jamar thanks so much for hanging man it was great chatting with you about this bizarro game and a bizarro day in toronto raptors land at least there's some clarity and some you know obviously bruce brown rumors will be around there i'm sure but uh, we got a little clarity now we could just watch some hoop which is exciting and i'm very much looking forward to that uh jamar anything you want to promote for the good people out there
0: yeah, I got a preview for the Bulls game up right now on Raptors Republic. You could also follow me, Jamar Bh. I have a link to all my Raptors Republic work there. Uh, I believe this is the only TNT game for the Raptors this entire season. I don't think they played one this season yet. And I think Raptors this is Bulls, baby, it's yeah, primetime so. time
4: television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, and then I think the second part of that doubleheader is Grizzlies T Wolves, and with the Grizzlies being all banged up, that's that. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, you win some, you lose some.
4: Yeah, uh, you can't have a perfect television schedule, that's for sure. Uh, Either way, thank you so much for tuning in please follow subscribe to rate review tell a friend always appreciated when you support the show however you support the show uh and you can join us in the discord link is in the description as always it's free to join we'd love to see you in there we will talk to you again uh tonight i'm gonna do a little quick post game recap episode after raptors bulls and then tomorrow our pal tony east will be along as we will talk about the raptors pacers trade with the host of locked on pacers one tony east Uh, not the purveyor of a gentleman's club in 1990s Scarborough. He's a different guy. Uh, The people who know, know. Either way, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you later tonight after Raptors Bulls. In the meantime, thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.